This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I'm joined by Scott Price. Scott is the founder of A-Line, a cybersecurity and cyber risk firm. We take a look at some of the compliance challenges around cybersecurity, including performing remote audits, what the cyber risk slash cybersecurity compliance space might look at in the next six to nine months, and finally, what will be the new normal for cybersecurity and cyber risk going forward? It's a fascinating study. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Scott Price. Scott is the CEO at Align, and we are going to visit about some of the compliance and related issues he is seeing, hearing about, and delivering in this time of the COVID-19 health crisis and the economic dislocation. So, Scott, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about what led you to found the company and what has been the evolution of the company since you founded it, I believe, 10 years ago? That's right. We celebrated our 10th year in business last year. And the name Align really came from looking at a company of where they're going strategically and what type of compliance objectives they would need to meet their strategic objectives. Um, So we said, let's focus on initially what we called SOC 1 or SAS 70, of the strategy of the company and what they might need. And then as you think about companies in the healthcare industry, they might need HIPAA. As you think about companies uh, interacting with EU regulators or EU citizens, they may need GDPR. So the whole point was looking at the organization, uh, our customer, where their strategy was, and building a compliance framework. Now, as you know, there's many, many different compliance frameworks. We were looking at the things related to data and risk and security, And so some of those frameworks are around ISO 27001, PCI, HIPAA for healthcare, high trust for healthcare. And we said we believed and had a thesis around the fact that once you comply with one framework, you're about 70% of the way to other frameworks that are out there because they're built on this risk model. And so that's why we came named with the company Align and the services have continued to grow as frameworks have developed that have maybe been more industry-specific. So many of my listeners come from the anti-corruption compliance space, and one of the things I try to do is bring folks like yourself on who come from another compliance space, then I really appreciate your holistic approach. And I'd never heard that figure before and of 70%. So I find that incredibly intriguing. Perhaps we can explore that a little bit later uh, in, an, in a separate podcast. But I guess the, the thing I wanted to focus on, Scott, in this podcast is coronavirus and how is that mm-hmm. impacting both security and compliance? What are you hearing from your customers and what uh, kind of responses are you giving? Yes. So many of the frameworks that we have uh, that we audit against 
have never expected or anticipated a global pandemic. They've anticipated a business continuity plan where maybe a data center or a facility is inaccessible, but my other one at the other end of the country is accessible. And so now we saw to the fact that worldwide, none of those facilities were accessible. The companies knowingly violated their controls. So they said, we have a control focus on our clients. Our, our employees work from a secure location, monitoring our clients' networks, and they had to send them all home. And so they knowingly had to violate their policies, which we audit them against because they meet certain frameworks. So we had to coach them on how they would update their policies, implement new controls to still mitigate those risks. Then we had to turn around to the, to the certification bodies and lobby them to say, we need to have some standards changed or relaxed during this time to still mitigate the risk in a different framework, as well as now we need to change some of the standards to say we can't audit on site anymore or make that assessment on site. We have to do those types of services remotely. So you had, you had sort of a trickle down effect where the customer says, here's what I have to do to maintain business. And then how am I going to maintain compliance with this new norm that we have and we, and we talk about? So it's really been this human element of working with our customers to see what the risk now they've introduced in their environment, this work from home risk, and then how we can help them build controls to mitigate that risk. And then going to the governing body of the certification and saying, are you okay with what we suggested? And with 2,400 clients, and about six different governing bodies we deal with. It's been um, quite a chore, but one that we're well plugged in with those governing bodies to tackle. Could you um, give us a little bit about the discussion with the governing bodies? Is it an ongoing dialogue? Is it a presentation of data or a combination of both or something different? It really is a combination of both. I think from the vast amount of customers that we have, we have a good sample size to bring to the governing body. And so some governing bodies got all the assessors together and, and sort of did a roundtable approach to these types of things. And then they have check-ins periodically. Others, we, it was going direct to them individually, and the assessors went individually with these types of, of one-off um, frameworks. We've set up our company where we have a practice lead for each service line that we offer. So those practice leads are tied into those governing bodies, and they're typically in volunteer leadership roles to provide feedback on standards. So we're able to plug in immediately to say these are the things that should change and how they should change, and that really has been helpful to the clients. They, they've, it's interesting. As we've mentioned and brought out this type of lobbying that we've done, and you think about in other industries where lobbying's performed typically or in the government – we haven't really had to do that before, but now we've taken this new norm that we can't service our clients in a certain way and our clients can't service their customers. And we've had this inroads that really we've been volunteering to help improve the standards. Now this has been, we need to change some of the standards. Uh, now, if I could turn to the customer focus, um, you talked about policies and procedures designed to uh not assess a risk, but a manager risk that had been assessed and identified, and now we have new risks. How have you counseled your clients in um, rewriting or adapting the policies, controls, and procedures around the new risk? The practice leads for each of the service lines looked at what type of um, new risk have been introduced in the environment. So when everyone went home, 
and work from home. Typically, they have had their infrastructure in the cloud, but now they've taken the PC home into the work environment, into the home environment. So they brought the work environment home, and that's how they're servicing their customers. So we've basically created FAQs around each of the standards that we've seen across the board. The themes are very common. So no matter what the industry is, within that industry, you see the themes around healthcare data, credit card data, um, some financial information. Those themes are pretty common in that industry. So we've created FAQs for our clients that we are constantly sending out. I think there's been a time where people have taken this as an opportunity to use a scare tactic in cybersecurity to upsell their customers. We're focused on, hey, this is the new norm. You have to do this. It's not a scare tactic. You have to do this to conduct business. And we need to make sure you conduct business in a compliance framework. And why to invest in compliance during this time is most important because your environment has changed from where it was six months ago. So let me pick up on the new norm uh, thought, and I'd like to specifically turn to uh, how do you conduct an audit now? You talked about uh, on-site audits were part of policies and controls previously. In many instances now, you can't do that. How do you do or how do you conduct a remote audit? And then what do you find are some of the benefits from that at this point? For us, we were very uh, fortunate that we have a tool called Ascend, and Ascend is focused on a single compliance management platform for our clients to gather documentation, disseminate those requests out to what used to be field offices. Now those field offices have become people's homes, and they're gathering that documentation to be able to for us to be able to perform the audit. And Ascend has allowed us to maintain our audits and to maintain com- helping our, our clients deliver the audits throughout the period of time. So it's been tremendous for us. And then as you think about some of the efficiencies that our clients gain from the from not uh, being on site, it allows us to perform our work remotely and come to them with sort of the second and third layer questions, not the first layer that we would conduct on site with them. But we've had an opportunity to go through the documentation and really have the conversation around this was what it was before. What does it have to be in this new norm? And we've been able to help them um, provide some recommendations on how they craft that documentation for us as well. So we've been fortunate that our Ascend tool has allowed us to continue to operate and really allowed our clients to continue to gather compliance documentation during this time when they didn't have a central repository that for that themselves. Scott, many of the uh, critiques in the anti-corruption compliance space around audits or investigations now are the lack of person-to-person interviews. So I'm a lawyer by professional training. We're taught to look at body language, watch how the person answers as much as what the answer is. And what struck me about the opportunity that the coronavirus uh, health crisis has given us is to focus more on data and more on the the written documentation. And you just said, I thought was a great point, which is having a, a single repository or at least a repository accessible for that documentation. But uh, are you guys able to utilize data more efficiently before you go to your clients with specific questions? Or is that uh, is that something new as well? Tom, I think you hit a great point. I think we took for granted face-to-face time. And so people may say, I don't need to read this document fully because I can go right down the hall and possibly ask that person that question. 
and and not look as much at the documentation. We've taken the we've taken the approach of let's look through the documentation fully and then come to that client with the specific questions that we have in a in a Zoom or or, or whatever Teams format so we have the opportunity to see them face to face or ask a question immediately and say, Hey, show us this piece of equipment or show us a certain security control and they can physically take whether it's their phone or camera and show us that ad hoc which is some of the things that we'd be doing if we were testing on site as well. So I think a couple things, we bring this focused approach after we've gone through the documentation with specific questions. And I think, as you mentioned, you want to read body language and reaction. We do want to have the opportunity to spring some questions on them of what they need to produce immediately for us. And because of document sharing and things like that, we can say, oh, pull that up and show that to us right now. And that gives us the ability to do that and say, let's now, after we see it, let's load that into that repository. So I think we've got this ability to say, let's look at not all of it, but let's keep something in our back pocket to focus on the client to make sure that they know exactly where that documentation is. Then I think you know they're using it. One of the ongoing dialogues, uh, and, and frankly, one of the reasons of this podcast is to not only bring current information around coronavirus to the compliance practitioner, but where we may be in six months, nine months, and 12 months. From where you sit and where a line sits, to where do you see us going in that time period? I think we hit, we're in a great point to innovate on how we're looking at compliance. Our focus is on continuous compliance. I think you saw organizations, they couldn't hit the record button or the stop button and say, let me upload all my documentation right then. They had, they had to have, they said, I need to keep doing business and I haven't gathered my compliance documentation. With our Ascend platform and where we're innovating, we're looking at compliance as a connected audit and a framework for continuous compliance. So the company is feeding data to us as they're going. So once another pandemic or something else hits, we have all the data ahead of time, and now it possibly just as they change work from home versus how they react to another situation, now they hit the button and the feed's coming in from a different way. So I think companies are going to want to say, I need to know that I'm compliant before, during, and after, and how do I do that? And our platform's focused on innovating and connecting to our clients, so we have that touch point with them continuously. And I think that's where compliance is going, is a framework of continuous compliance rather than this point-in-time perspective that we have now. You know, that's really interesting because I'd come around to thinking after talking to a lot of people with this question uh, that uh, compliance, at least uh, as I would say my people's compliance uh, or anti-bribery, anti-corruption compliance, the innovation is going to be real-time. And it seems to me that's exactly what you've just described as real-time compliance. I, I totally agree. I think that's what people are going to want to know. A, a CFO or a CEO is going to walk into the CISO or the VP of IT and say a customer wants to know right now what our posture is. And they need to be able to hit the button and say a line in the Ascend framework, say we're compliant with these standards right now. Or as we talked to the beginning of your podcast, we actually are 80% of the way to this type of framework that they're asking about. Should we invest further in compliance during this time as well? And our platform shows that. So I think you're right. People are going to not want, you know, for as practitioners, you never want to provide absolute assurance. We provide reasonable assurance. And I think as users of our, of our data and our reports, they're going to want continuous compliance as well. And I think that's where we're going to have to meet the needs of our end customers. Scott, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if uh, any of our listeners wanted more information on Align. Uh, how can they find out and where can they go? 
they can go to our website at a-line.com. That's a-line.com. Scott, this has been a fascinating discussion of an area that uh, I think is not only important and mandatory for where we are right now, but uh, I think you're absolutely onto something, and I hope we can continue this dialogue. I very much enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast posts three times a week at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. That's 10 a.m. Central Time. I hope you will check out our episodes as we post during this health crisis and economic dislocation. This month on The Compliance Life, I'm featuring Ryan Robelet, who talks about his journey to the CCO chair. I hope you'll join me for another episode of Compliance and Coronavirus, where I bring clarity and sanity to the business executive and compliance professional around these most serious issues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.